0: welcome back to Get Outside With Kids. Today, we are starting to think ahead to the summer and making... Holiday plans again. And we thought we'd talk through some of the steps that we go through when we're planning an, a holiday, because most of our holidays involve some kind of outdoor activities.
1: Holiday planning definitely changes once you have kids. We're no longer jet setting off at the last minute to some exciting <laughs> locale, uh, but typically they involve a lot more legwork upfront um, and trying to plan a holiday that is, you know, toddler or baby or preschool age friendly appropriate. Um, and Kate and I, of course, are always looking for ways to get outside with our kids. Um, And so that kind of factors into how we make some of those decisions when it comes to planning the types of holidays and what we're looking for specifically in accommodations and at our destination.
0: I think the biggest change for me in how we have sort of booked holidays in general, since we've had kids, is really simplifying a lot of stuff. And I think a lot of the sort of tips that we'll talk through today are around that. Um, You know, Whereas you might have booked a trip pre-kids where you were like oh my gosh, this is our honeymoon, for example. Oh my gosh, we're going to go to Europe. We're going to spend a night here and then a night there and then we're going to spend two nights here and then we're going to hike over here we're going to spend another day here, which now the idea of doing that with kids to me sounds like oh hell um, and moving everybody around and disrupting sleep all the time. So I think the, the sort of first step that, that we have taken when we're now thinking about booking trips away somewhere is to make it really simple. For us, that means... I can't imagine many holidays where we're staying less than three nights in one location, um, whether that's like a long weekend kind of trip or somewhere you're flying to. And in general, to me, it actually makes a lot more sense to stay like five to seven days in a location. So, you can kind of get into a good routine. Sleep being kind of one of the determining factors of success. So um, I think that's kind of the first. The first step is choosing a place with enough sort of outdoor activities and attractions that you want to see that you could explore for that kind of length of time, like you know, longer than three days. A day in a location and then moving on with kids just feels like panic mode packing up the car getting bags or whatever you're traveling in getting bags in and out and trying to trying to move around it's kind of hectic
1: yeah i mean a throwback to kate's honeymoon there kate's honeymoon was actually this like epic wonderful outdoor hiking trip which was amazing, but probably could not be executed with children, at least very small children. Oh, my gosh, it would be so bad. Like, oh,
0: (laughs) there's no part about it that I would want to recreate with kids. Like hiking across the Alps, uh, hut to hut, village to village. The idea of dealing with that, you know, through pouring rain and bad weather with kids,
1: Oh, yeah, definitely not. And my husband and myself also traveled quite extensively before children. Actually, we backpacked across Australia and New Zealand, uh, Southeast Asia, and actually all across South America. Um, and we were those carefree travelers that we saw, you know, we would take an overnight bus, wind up at the next destination at 6am and literally walk around with our backpacks to find somewhere else to stay. And then we'd crash in that new destination for a couple of nights and then do the same thing all over again. Um and no part of that, to me, is appealing with children. There were actually points on that trip where we saw families with, I would say, older kids, probably then at six to ten age range, on some of those things. And and maybe I'll reevaluate as our children get older. But certainly, right now, with uh, you know two kids five and under, uh, some of those grander adventures just don't seem. They don't seem like the kind of fun I want to put myself up to. Uh, So let's talk about some of the trips we have planned. And obviously, you know, the last couple of years, there's been some limiting features uh, with everything else going on in terms of uh, what we could plan, but how we try and plan trips now with, uh, you know, kind of five and under kids and factoring in still getting them outside. So one of the biggest changes for myself is the type of accommodation that we stay in. Uh, We made, I feel like, a terrible mistake on our very first trip when we were traveling uh, with our our only child at the time who was a baby. And we went to Mexico, and we booked in a hotel room, and we were in one hotel room for about, I think it was six days, and it was terrible. (laughs) It was With terrible. Your baby in
0: the same room, <laughs>
1: yeah. And oh, on day four, I got food poisoning. So oh now God. I have food poisoning, and we're all in one room. I and know that it is that's, terrible. That's <laughs> it was so awful. In fact, side note: I was so ill and so dehydrated. Uh, my my child at the time was only four months old, so I was just breastfeeding at the time. I actually couldn't produce milk. Like I was so so ill that I actually had to send my husband to a Mexican grocery store. I just said, go to a grocery store and you're going to have to buy formula because I can't pump. I'm literally, my body couldn't produce anything because I was so violently ill. So not a fun time. Uh, So maybe avoid, you know, those Mexican all-inclusives don't dine on the buffet. If that's a a concern for you, make sure you take extra (laughs) precaution with that because it was... Not a fun time, needless to say. Now on the second part of that trip in Mexico, we had booked a like a one bedroom kind of suite. It was a much smaller kind of like private resort. And it was the one bedroom accommodation on the ground floor. And oh my gosh, the difference was night and day because immediately we could put our child to bed in one room and then have some space to relax as adults, not in the same space. Okay. The second part of that accommodation, that really opened up my eyes, I think, for booking was it was ground floor. Um, and again, if you're a new parent who's traveling and hauling a kid around and strollers and trying to get up and down stairs or elevators all the time, it's just really a non-starter to getting outside when you just got that extra barrier. So because we were on the ground floor, it was just that much easier to go to and from the pool if somebody needed to just come inside for a quick change or to put the baby down for a nap. So much easier. And we were able to therefore maximize our outside time so much more because of that. We've actually just booked this same for an
0: upcoming trip we have with some family. And our kids are now two and five, but Yeah, we looked at the, you know, the kind of places with a beautiful view from a higher up and a small balcony. And then we looked at places with zero view, looking out on nothing, looking out on a wall, but you have the grass space out the front. So, presumably in the evenings, you could sit out there with the kids, um, they could play out there in a kind of safe place that's enclosed somewhat, or after they've gone to bed, particularly if you've booked the one hotel room for everybody, you can actually sit out somewhere and not have to sit in a darkened hotel room because you can't leave your baby by itself, apparently. Apparently, that's not (laughs) cool. apparently gosh
1: who make these rules <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah i think that's a really great tip i think one of the other things that we have tried to do when we've travelled particularly travelling to australia to visit my family jet lag is a really big deal right when you when you travel halfway around the globe and with kids it's just it's not fun. I wish there was a way around that, but there kind of isn't. But, you know, the the time outside has kind of been the saving grace in a lot of those situations because we were able to, you know, use outdoor sunshine, in, <laughs> outdoor time in the sunshine in the mornings to kind of help regulate um everybody's internal clocks to the new time zone so really trying to pull ourselves up out of bed when we're dealing with that jet lag and getting the kids outside first thing getting that sunlight on everybody first thing so you can start to adjust um, and then I think the other thing about that when you're dealing with jet lag is trying not to over schedule particularly in your first few days when you're traveling with kids you want to keep it super super simple Um, And that means that your afternoon might be like getting up to go for a walk in the morning and then maybe you have lunch and everybody chills out a little bit. And then maybe you
1: have a little bit of outside time. Yeah, no, jet lag is so tough when you're traveling with kids. I mean, it's tough for adults too, but obviously small humans who don't understand the concept of why the time is different is so challenging. Um, another great thing that we've done, and I'm actually looking forward to this year, we're flying back to Ontario for the first time in a couple of years uh, to visit our family. And we've rented, uh, it's like the bottom suite of a house. And this house is in like a giant grassy field that backs onto some forest space with some trails and things like that. And I'm really looking forward to just basically being able to get the kids up in the morning, get right outside. Um, and another reason we rented this kind of This kind of space is when we fly back to Ontario, we typically have lots of friends and family we're trying to catch up with. You know, in pre-kids, of course, we'd go to a nice restaurant and have a meal to catch up with friends. You quickly realize with two small children, you do not want to be dragging your child from restaurant to other indoor activity to catch up with people. It's just not conducive. So by renting this space, we're like, great, we can have people come to us on our schedule, as Kate mentioned, keeping it easy, and we can do the catch-ups outside. So this way, my children can run around and get their energy out. And hopefully, there'll be like a few brief moments on this trip where I can actually catch up with a few people I haven't seen in a couple of years uh, back in Ontario. Uh, But by having kind of a space to facilitate that, that is outside, if you do travel to destinations to see family, really makes it a lot easier. Like I've been pretty clear with people like, look, I got a five-year-old and a two-year-old and like you have nice things in your house. Like I cannot come to you. Anymore. Okay. You need to come to me in a neutral territory zone because I don't want my children to be inside your house and break things and also just cooped up and just the way children can get. If it's a summer trip, we're going to be outside the whole time and it'll be a lot more conducive for some of those family visits that you're trying to plan by having a space like that available.
0: Yeah. My kids are not at their best inside. And so particularly with friends who you might only see once every few years, you want them to look their best. You know, you want them to be not, it's not that they have to be on their best behavior, but you want to leave with a, you know, your friend going, gee, that was a cool, that's a cool kid that that my friend has there. And my kids are never like that inside. No one ever says that about a kid inside who's screaming and their voice is like hitting this Pitch that hurts your ears and makes your brain want to explode, whereas outside and they're running around and their voices are carrying off into the wind, they're much more appealing. I think. (laughs) Yeah, I think you know we've done that kind of approach as well, even for sort of long weekend getaways in BC, where you book somewhere specifically because you don't have to take the car out. Um, So we went for the family day long weekend in February to a house where we were, you know, we looked up before we went. Can we walk anywhere from there? And, you know, when we were choosing the place, that's what we were kind of looking for. Five minutes walk down the down the road was a beautiful beach on the west coast of Vancouver Island. And so for three days, we didn't get into the car once. And it was actually really like it felt like a good break from kind of bundling kids in and out of the car to be able to just entertain them with the space that's right there, to be able to walk to activities and again keeping them super simple. Like if that had been me and my husband, we would have gone to that beach the first day and been like, oh, we're bored a bit, We're done. Um, <laughs> yeah. But with kids, you can go back to the same place every single day. And particularly with the West Coast weather here, one day it's going to be pouring with rain. The next day it's going to be super windy. The next day it might be sunny and then it will rain. So it feels like a different location every time. But booking those places that you specifically book them because of what's within a five or 10 minute walk so that you don't have to get in and out of the car because nothing, it doesn't feel like a holiday to me when you're like, Let's drive
1: over here, back in the car. Let's drive over here. Let's go on a sightseeing adventure. That sounds like hell with kids. Yeah, the less time in the car, the better, I think. Um, and even things just like having a playground nearby. Like we've booked accommodation and sometimes you can even look on Google Maps, like take your take where your accommodation pin is and you can actually do the Google Maps street tour. And we've done that before to kind of see what's around if it's not obvious from looking it up. Um, and even things like we were a few years ago staying at a place in, in Tofino and we could walk to the playground. It was literally just on the same street a block away. And that was so great in the morning. If the kids were up early, perfect. Grab our coffees, go walk to the playground. And that kills an hour or in that time, you know, maybe when we were inside making dinner, the dads could take the kids out to the playground and we could sit inside with a glass of wine and make some dinner kind of thing. So just even the smallest thing that you can walk to, to get your kids outside, it just gives you a bit of a destination to go to when you're outside, whether that is a beautiful beach or a simple playground, or frankly, just a patch of open grass. Uh, But I'm definitely looking at those features now uh, when I am booking. Uh, The other big consideration when booking, if you're looking for kind of that outdoorsy holiday is I do a lot of hiking research typically before we go. Um, Obviously, Kate and I are big hikers and our families are big into hiking. And so I typically will look for, if I'm I'm looking for any destination, um, I'll look for destinations that have some kind of kid appropriate level hikes. So something that might be interesting to us as adults, but knowing that I've got a bring a two-year-old and a five-year-old up there with us looking for a hike that of course is suitable for them as well. Um, If you're looking for tips on that, of course, you can listen back to our episodes about hiking with a baby and some tips for hiking with a toddler for how to do that. Uh, But if you're interested in doing that, then having that trail information before you get there so you can kind of plan it out uh, does make it a little bit easier. Again, pre-kids, we would have just shown up in a destination, rocked up to a trailhead or a trail map and just gone off. Uh, probably not advisable now that you have kids because I want to know exactly how long that trail is. Is it appropriate and safe for children? And to Kate's point, make sure I'm not over scheduling the day if we are trying to do a hike on our holiday.
0: As we talk through this, I'm like, why do we go on holidays again? Because <laughs> it's that same shit, different location, right? Like there's definitely an aspect of that. But um, I think that's where you can just be kind of strategic about how you plan things out. You know, if you're going, Going on a beach holiday, stay as close to that beach as you can because getting in a car to drive 10 minutes and then getting back in the car to drive 10 minutes back again, they're kind of time killers. And Jen and I were talking earlier before we started recording about how her two and a half year old's having some meltdowns right now and doesn't want to do
1: anything that you want to do
0: nothing <laughs> does he and yeah. so he won't get in the car seat and it doesn't feel like a vacation when you have to fight the kids on that so i think really minimizing the the driving around and if you're focused on one aspect of it bearing in mind that you might only be able to do sort of one or may- maybe two outdoor activities a day they could be really long ones you could spend all day outside at a park or in the at the beach, but if that's really what's important to you about the trip, then you've got you've to be in close proximity to it um, because, in, you know, there are some parks even here in BC where it's like an hour drive from the local town into the gates of the park. And if you have to do that each way every day, you're probably not going to go more than once because kids in cars, just not that fun. Of course, all of this to say, we're talking about holidays here where you're not camping. If you are camping, we have lots of tips around how to camp with kids. Um, you can listen back on some of our other episodes. We love camping. Some of the reasons why we wouldn't go camping are international holidays when we're travelling a little further afield. Um, and also a lot of the trips we've talked about here as well have been in the kind of off season. The trip I'm talking about where we went in family day was February. I don't know anyone who's camping with kids Eat. in a tent in February um, in Canada. So definitely not. If you're interested in camping with kids, listen to some of our other episodes about how to camp with kids and particularly with babies because we've got lots, lots of tips. ideas and horrible mistakes that we've made with our kids.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we try and divide our weekends between like camping, like camping weekends away. And then like, I call them like vacation weekends because they are very different trips. And obviously we love camping it but you get something different from a camping weekend and there's moments of relaxation there. But then for me, I'm like, sometimes I want to go away and actually still sleep in a real bed. I love spending time outside, but also spending some time inside with indoor plumbing, heating and air conditioning as needed and a comfortable bed also quite lovely too. And then incorporating the outside activities uh, with that as well. So I'm always kind of looking for a little bit of both is quite nice.
0: Yeah. And it has, you know, if you're planning a bigger trip as well, um, we've done this sort of road trip style as well, where you might be going to three days in one location, four days in another, three days in another, and you might be going from your home base and you might be doing some camping um, and incorporating camping into that can be awesome. But camping in a tent from, for us, I think the, the, Limit we can kind of hit with a baby is about four days before we start to get everyone's a bit disgusting. They're pretty tired because no one's been sleeping if it's the middle of the summer and it's light. So being able to mix in a location where you can stay in somewhere indoors with like doors. Doors. doors and things like our, our standards are pretty low running it has water a door you know. and a roof <laughs> um but then looking out for these places you know i can think of beautiful airbnbs we've stayed at where it was a walk down to a lake a walk to a park and that's really all we did with our kids and have just the most amazing memories from those trips, keeping it really super simple. Like everything else we say on our podcast, (laughs) you keep it really simple. You don't need to, your kids don't care about seeing the sights. My kids don't really, they're not really museum type kids. They're happy, you know, chucking a rock in a lake and they can do that in the most beautiful lake in the world or in a dirty pond in the back, I don't know, in the backwoods somewhere. So, you know, they're not fussy about it. So ideally you find something that meets your kind of need to get away and is a, a good sort of scenery change from you but can provide like just tons of things for your kids to do mucking around with rocks and sticks and water and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I think my my biggest tip from all of this is book accommodation on the ground floor that attaches to green space, because that has just been, I won't even stay anywhere anymore. That's not a ground floor on green space. If we're really going for a holiday, it's different if you're crashing somewhere for one night, you know, in between um, destinations. But I think all of our trips since having kids, it's like a house that's got, or, you know, the suite in the basement suite in a house that's got a backyard, it's just the way to do it because then even those little times between um, like you know, sometimes that time between dinner and bedtime, there's still another 30 minutes or an hour to kill, and you're in a new destination. And my kids typically don't go to bed like I'm saying on time with quotes, uh, when we're in a new destination. Um, when we were in, I think it was, yeah, it was Wells Gray. Was that last, was that last year, maybe the year before? Um, and again, we stayed in kind of this basement suite and a house and they had a massive backyard. And so guess what? We'd feed the kids five, five thirty and then. Back outside again, we went and the kids could just run around in the backyard for another hour just to try and run off that last bit of energy and finally kind of collapse into bed in exhaustion. But it's that time of the day where, you know, 536 o'clock, I don't really want to go out again, but I also know if I keep my kids cooped up, they're probably not going to go to bed either. So, just being able to again sit on our back deck, back patio, watch the kids run around, and again, totally happy to be throwing some, finding sticks in the backyard or just literally running in the grass. <laughs> you
0: throw you sticks for your, for your kids, Jen, like a dog? Yeah, they throw sticks <laughs> They get them, you know, right? <laughs> right? That's what we're doing.
1: That's pretty um, much like
0: how you exercise a kid. It's kind yeah, of like go a get dog. It.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Um, the same.
0: I also think it's hilarious because I'm like, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I wouldn't want to leave the house after 6 o'clock either if that was, you know, how a day had set up. 25-year-old Kate and whenever we met, 27-year-old Kate and Jen would be horrified. horrified Oh, my gosh.
1: We we weren't even getting ready to go out. (laughs) For like another six hours.
0: So, yeah. uh, yeah, But, I mean, I think that's just it's like a lot of the things we say. Keep your expectations pretty low on a holiday. Don't overschedule your kids. Ideally, don't book anything where you have to put money up front other than accommodations. You know, if you're booking tours and activities like that for kids, Sometimes you just you don't really want to do that unless it's something you're really excited about. You want to give yourself as much flexibility to kind of go with the flow as you can. Um, if you schedule catch-ups with family and friends, making them outside is awesome. And just do your research into what's close to where your, your accommodation is. We really prioritize not using our car and it helps to make it feel less like same shit different location and actually like
1: a vacation yeah no those are some great tips we'd love to hear how your uh, planning for summer holidays are going um join us over on instagram at get outside with kids um and every monday we post a stories looking for your messy money mistakes so we'd love to hear some of your feedback and of course if you've got ideas for an upcoming episode then please share them with us uh, join us back next week where we'll drop another episode of get outside with kids